Regarding both Jai and Vijay, Vitaha has been given, Nandaha punishment, Bhavadvihi by you, Mom, me, Anuratai devoted, devoted to, Saha that, Eva certainly, Anuratai. Is approved. Asmavihi by me. Munayaha. O great sages. Deva against you. Helenat because of an offense. Translation by Srila Prabhupada, and then we'll go to the next verse. O great sages, I approve of the punishment that you who are devoted to me have meted out to them. Text number four. To me, the Brahmana is the highest and most beloved personality. The disrespect shown by my attendants has actually been displayed by me because the dormant are my servitors. I take this to be an offense by myself. Therefore, I seek your forgiveness for the incident that has arisen. So we'll go back to text three and repeat. O oh, great sages, I approve of the punishment that you who are devoted to me have meted out to them. In text number four. To me, the Brahmana is the highest and most beloved personality. The disrespect shown by my attendants has actually been displayed by me because the doormen are my servitors. I take this to be an offense by myself. Therefore, I seek your forgiveness for the incident that has arisen. The Lord is always in favor of the brahmanas and the cows, and therefore it is said, Go, Brahmana, Kitayacha, Lord Krishna or Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is also the worshipable deity of the brahmanas. In the Vedic literature, in the Rig Mantra hymns of the Rig Veda, it is stated that those who are actually brahmanas always look to the lotus feet of Vishnu, Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Param Ashemti Shuraya. Those who are qualified brahmanas worship only the Vishnu form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead which means Krishna, Rama, and all Vishnu expansions. A so-called Brahmana who is born in the family of the Brahmanas, but performs activities aimed against the Vaishnavas cannot be accepted as a Brahmana because Brahmana means Vaishnava, and Vaishnava means Brahmana. One who has become a devotee of the Lord is also a Brahmana. The formula is Brahma Janatiti Brahmanaha. A Brahmana is one who has understood and a Vaishnava is one who has understood the personality of Godhead. Brahman realization is the beginning of realization of the personality of Godhead. One who understands the personality of Godhead also knows the impersonal feature of the Supreme, which is Brahman. Therefore, one who becomes a Vaishnava is already a Brahman. It should be noted that the glories of the Brahmana described in this chapter by the Lord Himself 
referred to his devotee Brahmana or the Vaishnava. It should never be understood that the so-called Brahmanas who are born in Brahmana families that have no Brahminical qualifications are referred to in this connection. Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Vanachayane Prabhupadalabhaya Sridharsila Vinodine Ajnana Dvantagamanam Hashtate Patitabhaya Jnana Guru Thaya Chita Harine Chakshashe Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamine Namaste Sarasvati Deve Gorgani Patarine Nevi Shesha Sunyavari Pashtaja Vichitarine Jaya Shri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gararhar Shivasri Gauravatabinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare and Two verses again Oh great sages I approve of the punishment that you who are devoted to me have meted out to them to me, the Brahmana is the highest and most beloved personality. The disrespect shown by my attendants has actually been displayed by me because the doormen are my servitors. I take this to be an offense by myself. Therefore, I seek your forgiveness for the incident that has arisen. So Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Mamta Yoga Vicharina, Bhakti Yoga Nasevati. It says that when someone's engaged in devotional service unfailing, then they've transcended the modes of nature and they've attained to Brahman. And <coughs> Krishna also says in Bhagavata, Samoham Sarvabhute Shu, Ramedwe Shows Dinapriya, Ibajante Tuman Martya, Maite Teshu Chakyam. says, um, that I'm equal to everyone, but for those who render service unto me, that I am within them and they are within me. They are my friend, and I, I, am, I am also their friend. So we can understand that um, to the degree that we understand God, the, the, to the intensity by which we approach God, and the purpose by which we approach Krishna, um, determines the level of Brahman realization. And Narada Muni, he was instructing the uh, Pachetas, who are the sons of the great king, they're very pious, very pious Brahmanas, they're performing severe austerities. And Narada Muni was um, giving them beautiful instructions at the end of the fourth canto. And he's speaking about how nothing is auspicious without the touch of bhakti. Saying, wealth, your life, your senses, um, mind, intelligence, nothing has any actual real meaning or value without the touch of bhakti. And so it's explained in the Vedas that bhakti stands alone. Bhakti is powerful on its own. Bhakti is like, like the radiance of the sun. 
and the other methods of transcendence, um, they can be corollaries to bhakti. Like jnana, it can be valuable if it contains bhakti. Um, yoga can be valuable if it contains bhakti. Karma activities can be valuable if they contain bhakti. But without those, ultimately they don't, doesn't mean, mean anything. And actually there's this um, powerful verse spoken by, we were speaking about this recently, by Talab Maharaj, when he's praying to Raghur Singhade, to Srimad Bhagavatam 7, 9, 10. And this really speaks to the nature of the transcendence of, of bhakti yoga. So this is a Brahmana, if a Brahmana has all 12 of the medical qualifications, as they are stated in the book called Sanatsutata, but is not a devotee, and is averse to the lotus feet of the Lord, he is certainly lower than a devotee who is a non-eater, but who has dedicated everything, mind, words, activities, wealth, and life to the Supreme Lord. Such a devotee is better than such a Brahmana, because a devotee can purify his whole family, whereas the so-called Brahmana, in a position of false prestige, cannot purify even himself. So, sometimes a devotee is seen to, to be in a fallen state, but Chirapapa explains in Bhagavad Gita that if someone um, wants to be a devotee and is trying their best to be a devotee and has some weaknesses or is fallen, if they're not averse to the principle and they persevere, they're, they make Krishna the supreme goal of their life, then in the end they'll be successful because bhakti yoga completely, ultimately purifies and pushes out all the narratives ultimately. So Bilvamangal Tagore, when he was fallen, he was actually a great devotee, he, he was extremely, um, he was in great lamentation because of his fallen state. And he was directed, he gained inspiration to go to Vrindavan and to surrender everything and give up this attachment to the prostitute. And he was unable to um, control his mind and senses even on the way to Vrindavan. So in this way, he was in great lamentation. And so this is the position of somebody who, although may not externally be on the level of a, of a Brahmana with all the qualifications, so, um, in this particular verse by Kalama Raja, this is 12 uh, different qualifications. And I'm not sure because I haven't actually read that book, Sunat Sujata. But for the Bhagavad Gita, there's eight qualifications Samo, peacefulness, Bhavas, uh, self control, Tapa, austerity, Sotram, friendliness. Um, Chachram, tolerance, Arjava, truthfulness, um, knowledge and realization. So if someone may be on the platform of, of more or less mode of goodness, complete mode of goodness, peacefulness, tolerance, self-control, austerity, cleanliness, per perfect Brahmana, perfect Brahmana. But Arda Muni is, is speaking to the, to the Pachitas and saying, no, this this has no use if there's no bhakti there. Ultimately, it's completely useless. And it has no value. But everything becomes auspicious when you add bhakti, when you add devotion to Krishna. 
And that's why Krishna is saying in the Bhagavad Gita, Samaham Sarabhute Shuna Medwe Shostinapriya, Vibhajan Tintiman Bhagya Vaite Teshu Tapiyam. And those who render service, they become extremely dear to me. I am I with completely within them. So in this this particular verse in text four, it says the Brahman is the highest and most beloved personality. And the disrespect shown by my attendants has actually been displayed to me because the doormen are my servitors. So of course, we learn that we are we're part and parcel of Krishna. We're actually part of God. And so, like for instance, if I if I commit an offense and I I strike somebody, and then I go to court and I tell the judge. No, I did, I did not strike that person. It was my arm that struck the person. The judge says, you're crazy. You're foolish. <laughs> and then passes the sentence of judgment. So because we are actually part of God, then when we interact with his part and parcels, then that is extremely significant. Because um, from a from a, a neophyte stage of devotion, we see that there's a separation between the parts and parcels of God and God. But here, he's saying, this offense was actually, I, I take responsibility for this offense. These are my servitors. So especially those who have dedicated themselves to following God's way, God's law, especially those because they've taken shelter of Krishna's internal potency. So in this way, they are direct representatives of the Lord. So us being representatives of God and the Krishna consciousness movement, then we become um, positively implicated in this um, association with Krishna directly, where Krishna considers us to be his his direct expansions, um, who are in full knowledge of him. He says in Bhagavad Gita, those in knowledge of me are most dear. There's different ways that people approach me in this world. Mostly they want something from me. They want to be relieved from distress, and they want material opulence. But those who develop knowledge of me as I am, Bhagavan, and they realize um, my personal nature, I consider them to be most dear to me. And actually, not only do I consider them most dear to me, I consider them to be just like my own self. And so being engaged in this devotional service, they're sure to attain me the highest and most perfect goal. And so not only do we have to um, be very conscious as representatives of God, that we, um, we must um, give the highest impression of Krishna to everyone we meet. Like Vaisheshika Prabhu says, leave everyone with a good impression because we're direct representatives of Prabhupada, Lutrampara, Krishna. But also having realization that all the other parts and parcels, whether they have been realized themselves or they're covered by Maya, still they are they are directly part of Krishna's body. And you all remember that class where Prabhupada started to cry. He says, "Be very careful. You're dealing with Krishna. Be very, very careful." And so the residents of Vrindavan. They were always thinking of Krishna's welfare. They were always um, concerned that Krishna was was not hurt, that he was comfortable, and he was taken care of. So it became a great anxiety when he had to interact with these different demons. And uh, we remember 
um, Narada Muni, when he went to seek a cure for Krishna's headache, um, the queens of Dwarka, they would not acquiesce to giving Krishna the dust from their feet to cure his headache because they were um, aware of some of the opulence and, and the godliness of Krishna. But the gopis, when Narada Muni approached them, immediately gave the dust from their feet to cure Krishna's headache. So when we're dealing with Krishna or his parts and parcels, uh, being aware that this is directly part of Krishna's body, just like the arm, when, when, it, when it struck the person, the judge deemed that to be um, a guilty um, conviction. In the same way, every part and parcel of Krishna ultimately has to be responsible for being a part of God who's the most pure and uh, ultimately uh, take full shelter of the Lord. And so there's a few uh, nice, of course, um, so many nice stories. Uh, one is that we can see the wives of the Brahmanas in Krishna's pastimes, um, they were more exalted than these Brahmanas because when the cowherd boys came to the Brahmanas, they said, hey, get away, little guys. We're doing our Vedic rituals and sacrifices. We're doing important work here. But when they approached these simple wives of the Brahmanas, they just had bhakti in their hearts. Like, like Prabhupada was saying here, it should never be misunderstood that the so-called Brahmanas who were born in Brahmana families would have no medical qualifications that refer to this connection. So he says, um, let's see. A so-called Brahmana who is born in the family of Brahmanas but performs activities aimed against the Vaishnavas cannot be accepted as a Brahmana. Because Brahmana means Vaishnava and Vaishnava means Brahmana. So this, this position of these, these, these Brahmanas who are performing rituals, externally in society, they may be deemed, may have been deemed more advanced than the wives of the brothers. But actually the case was, was that they didn't understand the real goal of life, like Krishna says in the Vedas. But all knowledge I am to be known. Without realizing that, and just like Narada Muni was describing, all these grammatical qualifications, these rituals, Pasya, austerities, um, all of this karma, everything becomes useless. So they, when Krishna came, they, they didn't recognize Krishna. They shunned him. They, they hey, get, get away from here. The wives of the Brahmanas, they were true Brahmanas. Because Ramcha Yoga Vichayana, Bhakti Yoga is everything. That one who is engaged in devotional service really attains to a level of Brahman. So this was the position of the wives of the Brahmanas. They were the true Brahmanas. Even though by caste, maybe by, by the Varnashram down the system, which is within the three modes of nature, the Brahmanas were considered higher in society. But they weren't advanced. They weren't actually advanced at all. The wives of the Brahmanas immediately, because they had affection for Krishna, said, oh, we want, we, we want it. This is a wonderful opportunity. We've been waiting for this opportunity to serve Krishna. And so in this way, um, they, they displayed their, their exalted qualities. 
uh, in this pastime. And um, one of Krishna's names is Govinda. Because we have Govinda everywhere. Govinda's restaurant. So Govinda's, it's all over the city. Nowhere there has Govinda's. Govinda is a really beautiful name because it means that Krishna especially wants to please the cows and the brahmanas, but he actually he pleases everyone. That's why it's such a sweet name, because go can also mean senses. It means cow, right? and it means senses. So actually, govinda means one who pleases everyone, but it especially gives pleasure to the cows and the brahmanas. They're very dear to Krishna. And there's this beautiful story in the um, Chaitanya Charitamrita. We'll just tell the story and then we'll end any reflections. <clears throat> so this is a story most of you have heard of Shakshi Gopal. Has anybody not heard of Shakshi Gopal? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's hard to tell in Bhagavatam classes in front of senior devotees. They, uh, they're so immersed in the Shastras and Prabhupada's teachings. <clears throat> but it's always relishable. So it was actually Gopal. Um, actually, this story was actually told by Lord Nityananda. It's really, really beautiful how it took place because the Lord, Lord Jaitanya, he was making his way towards Jagannath Puri. Actually, his mother instructed him because after he took sannyas, his mother was a Ravinti. But the Lord came back to his mother and, and he said, Oh, I owe everything to you, mother. I'm surrendered to you. What should I do? Tell me what to do. She said, Well, if you, Jagannath Puri isn't too far. So if you go to Jagannath Puri, you don't have to be intimately connected to me because you're a sannyasi. But you can go back and forth from Jagannath Puri to where I am. So on the way to Jagannath Puri, they're, they're, they're on pilgrimage, so they're, they're going to different temples. So one particular temple they hear, the pastimes of Madhavendra Puri, Levos and Ramuna. And then um, the next place of pilgrimage mentioned in Jaitanya Charitamrita is um, Katak. And this is where the beautiful Gopal deity was. And so Nityananda and Prabhu himself describes to Lord Chaitanya and the devotees the pastimes of Shakshi Gopal. So it's this very beautiful Gopal deity. And this is a story about how the Lord is very endeared um, to his brahmanas. The brahmanas are very dear to the Lord. And so these weren't any, just any brahmanas, these were Vaishnava brahmanas. That's what's really significant. So these, this, these particular brahmanas, there's two brahmanas, one was older brahmana, the like older um, devotee, and one was younger. And they were going on pilgrimage um, to Vrindavan, and the younger brahmana was assisting the older one. And, and he pleased him very much with his service. Because at that particular time, this Gopal deity was in Vrindavan, the Vrindavan area. And they were at this particular temple, and the older brahmana, who was so pleased, the service of this younger devotee, that he said, um, because although they were from the same, they were from the same varna, they both were from the brahminical. Um, uh, they both had brahminical initiation from brahminical families. Um, the older brahmana was from a very aristocratic family, very wealthy family, and the younger brahmana, he was extremely poor. And traditionally in India, they don't mix. Like a very aristocratic family will not marry into a, a poor family. It, it doesn't happen that way. So that's the culture. 
And so the older Brahmana was so pleased with the, this younger devotee's service that he said to him, he said, well, you have served me so nicely. You actually served me way more than my own sons even served me. He said, I want to, I want to offer you my daughter in marriage. And the younger Brahmana said, wait, what are you saying? He says, why, why, are you, why are you doing this? You know that your family members won't accept this proposition. And, and the elder Brahmana says, no, I can do this. This, this is my daughter, and I would like to offer to you in marriage. And she says, are you sure that you want to do, you're making this promise? Are you sure that you want to do that? And he says, oh, here's the Gopal deity. Um, the Gopal deity is the witness to this promise. I promise you in front of Gopal that I will, I will give my daughter to you in marriage. He says, okay, so be it. And so the other Ramana, he goes back home, which is far away, which I believe is close to where the Lord was hearing these narrations, um, the other part of India. And so he's there, back with his family, and he explains to his family the situation, what happened, what, what he did. And they're so upset. They said, how could you do such a thing? This is just awful. So, so, so if, you, if you follow through with this, with this promise, if you do that, we will disown you. Like we will, we will not accept you as our father anymore. And not only that, we'll we'll take poison and kill ourselves. We'll commit suicide because this is just this will ruin our whole family lineage. This is so bad for us. So the Brahma said, "What should I do?" I was going to commit suicide. So what should I do? I've made this promise. He said, "Oh well, you can you can just say that um, uh, you were." Uh, you you can just say that you you were not in proper state of consciousness, and 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 in this way you you made this this promise, um, but it actually it didn't actually take place. So you can you can say like this. So the younger Brahmana comes, and he comes to 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 accept the daughter from this man, but this man is kind of acting like like no, I never made that promise. And he said, "You've made this promise to me. You have to. You have to. Accept, you have to um, follow through with that promise. You're a Brahmana. This is in front of Gopal. You have to follow through." And so, um, actually, then the son comes out and he has a stick in his hand, and and he starts calling him ill named. And he says, "You are such a rascal. You're trying to um, degrade our family by by marrying my sister." And so he leaves. The next day. This younger Brahmana, he brings back all the village folks. And before them, he petitions them. And he says, this Brahmana has made me a promise. And so they ask the elder Brahmana, he says, oh, you have made, made a promise? Why are, you, why are you not following through? So the Brahmana kind of wavered and says, well, I don't really know. I didn't really make the promise. And, and then uh, the son steps in and says, um, yes, this, 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 this boy is a liar. He's, he's completely lying. Actually, um, he uh, he was trying to manipulate my, my father for, for wealth, and, and therefore that's why he's 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 telling this lie. And so the young brother says, "No, that's not true. That's not true at all. Essentially, he did offer my daughter, and this and his this son is lying. He's taking advantage of the situation to lie to say that he did it." But actually, he did. And he actually said it in front of the Gopal Deep. 
there's a witness. So then um, the other Brahmana says, yes, uh, if the Gopal deity bears a witness, I will give my daughter in marriage. I, I will do that. And so the people were satisfied. So the younger Brahmana says, okay, if, if the Gopal deity bears a witness to the fact that I made this promise, that you made this promise, then I want to get it in writing. So he made them sign a form that said, yes, I promise, and if, if Gopal bears witness, that I will, in fact, give my daughter over a marriage. And so everybody was satisfied because um, the atheistic sons of the elder Brahmana, they were thinking, this will never happen. <laughs> like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. So the deity will never come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is a good arrangement because the deity, the deity definitely will not come. How can the deity bear witness to thinking that way? So this was actually very far away. As you mentioned, about a hundred days of walking. So the younger Brahmana goes back, makes his sojourn back to the Gopal deity, and he stands before him and says, uh, "Dear Gopal, um, this this has happened. I'm not I'm not trying to marry uh, the daughter of this Brahmana for my personal gratification. I don't think this will make me happy." But because uh, he's an exalted Vaishnava Brahmana, and he's made this promise, I must help him to, to fulfill his promise that he made before you. And, and because a person who bears witness to do such a promise, they are obliged to, to speak up, because if not, then that is a sinful life. <laughs> and so the Gopal Bhagiri um, begins speaking to him, and, and he says, he says, okay, okay, that's fine. He says, go back, go back, and, and remember me, and then things will be solved. And the younger uh, devotee says, no, I, that won't work. He says, these people are so stubborn. Even if you come as Vishnu, they won't accept. You have to come as you are and speak to them as you are. And so the local deity, he says, well, how can I do that? I'm just a deity. I've never heard of a deity walking before. And, and, and the younger devotee says, well, I've also never heard of a deity speaking before, and, and you're speaking before me right now. <laughs> okay. That's great. Oh, I'm a deity. I can't walk. You say, well, you're talking to me. Yeah. You can't talk. I never heard of a deity talking. Talk, you can walk. <laughs> yeah. So he says, okay, so I, will, I will come. I will walk, I will walk behind you. And you'll know I'm there because you'll hear my ankle bells. But don't turn around, because if you turn around, then I will stop where I am. And so uh, they go on the surgery, and so they said they go walk for 100 days, um, all the way back to, uh, to where the elder Brahman's family was. And when he got to the edge of town, um, and he had heard the ankle bells, he was nicely serving the deity on the way. And um, so he, when he got to the edge of town, he turned around, and there was beautiful Gopal standing right behind him. <laughs> so we call, call all the townspeople. Gopal has come to bear witness. And uh, they're all astonished. So they come, and Gopal, he said he, speak, he spoke from his beautiful mouth that, um, yes, indeed, this elder brother has uh, promised his daughter in marriage. And so this incident became, became extremely famous. And this deity is, is known as Sakshi Gopal. Sakshi means a witness. And um, so this, this particular story is explained in Chaitanya Chandravita as a demonstration of how the Brahmanas are so dear to the Lord. 
the Vaishnava Brahmins specifically, and how the Lord bore witness. He walked for a hundred days, and he directly spoke to these people. Um, and uh, I believe he uh, that's where he is now, where the Lord where the Lord was. So, so it's such a beautiful story, and um, yeah. So we'll we'll end here. Yeah. I just happened to hear Papa tell a story the other day. It was 1966. So he's preaching on the Lower East Side, right? To all these ex, you know, hippies and acid So and Papa came in the part where uh, uh, the son. He's telling the father, you know, you can just say that, uh, you know, the, the, the Brahman, he, he, he gave you LSD or something like that. Mm-hmm. He, he made your, he, he made your consciousness. Play. Oh, that's right. So he added LSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can hear the devotees laughing in the background. <laughs> so probably added that detail for them so they can relate to it. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It, the son that said that his father was drunk. And so that's why he wanted to steal as well. <coughs> so then the people were doubtful about it. That's right. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to just, um, there's a couple more quotes that relate to the point of who is actually a Brahmana. It's from the Padma Puran. Um, this is the Lord Krishna speaking. Oh Narada, I am not in Vaikuntha, nor am I in the hearts of the yogis. I remain where my devotees glorify my name, form, qualities, and transcendental pastimes. Actually, where I manifest myself with my beloved devotees. And then Ramananda Roy says this to Lord Chaitanya Whether one is a Brahmana, a sannyasi, or a sudra, regardless of what he is, he can become a spiritual master if he knows the science of Krishna. So, this again speaks to those who are full knowledge of Krishna, are most, are most dear to the Lord. And actually, in the Bhagavatam, it's described that we have three different births. And all of them are supposed to be uplifting because traditionally throughout the yugas, uh, the Garmadam Samskara was done. So when somebody is born from a father and a mother in this world, that's the first birth. Uh, but because Garmadam Samskara is not done, because that purificatory process before conception is not done, then the first birth is very inauspicious in Kali Yuga. So that's one birth. The second birth is when we take um, Harinam initiation from the Guru. And, and then the third birth is when we take uh, Brahminical initiation, which allows us to worship the Lord. So it's, it's described like that, that actually uh, Sanat Goswami says that in the same way that bell metal can be changed to gold through a chemical alchemy process through mercury, and I was actually looking on the chart of the different elements, and gold is right next to mercury. And I was reading an article and saying if you remove like one protein, proton from mercury, it becomes gold. And so they have certain ways that can be done. In the same way, when one takes a spiritual initiation, which is considered to be essential for a spiritualist, it's a new birth. And all those inauspicious qualities um, from birth into Kali Yuga become nullified through that transformative process. So that's an extremely important process. Everybody should take first and second initiation, um, engage in chanting the holy names of the Lord and worshiping the Lord. 
And I just wanted to briefly uh, mention Ramanujacharya, since it appears to stay today. And I did some really brief research. Obviously, there's like large bibliographies on him, who's a great Acharya. He's actually said to be the uh, incarnation of Lakshman. And we're celebrating Ramnomi this weekend. And uh, so he's actually, uh, as far as I understand, Vishnu Thakwas. That's a problem for us. <laughs> Anyway, that's another discussion. Because in Vishnu Tucker, we don't say that the Guru is Vishnu Tucker. That's why there was a split in the Ramanujan street. Uh, so some of the attack guys and some of the Okay. So you're regarded as, we can glorify him. <laughs> so I'm going to be partial. <laughs> okay. So uh, Ramanujan he, he was. Born around a thousand years ago, he said 1017 AD. So he was after um, Sankaracharya. He was after Lord Buddha and after Sankaracharya. So he came to really establish the principle that that God has eternal spiritual activities, and that the, the living entity, the soul, is not Maya. It's actually like part and parcel of God, as we were discussing. And so he really uh, was very strong on this point, and he wrote many different. Literatures of expounding on this. I was explaining that he had inextricable determination, that he was oftentimes threatened, sometimes he was threatened with death, but he persevered. And there was one little pastime I was reading, um, and how he was admonished by one of his gurus to tell, take shelter of this one personality named Goshtya Puna. And so he was petitioning this person much in the same way that Bhakti Sadasa Saraswati Thakur was petitioning Gorky Shurdas Babaji. Much in the same way, he was petitioning this personality to accept him and to give him um, Harinam initiation. And um, so it's said that he approached him 17 times and, and, he, and he rejected him every, all these times. It said that even, even the Lord appeared to um, Goshtaporna, but he still was, was hesitant. Finally, he, he acquiesced, he gave Harinam initiation uh, to Ramanujacharya. And he, he initiated him into the mantra Om, um, Om Namo Narayana. And so <clears throat> immediately when he received this mantra, he went to the top of the hill and started chanting, shouting it out to everyone, Om Namo Narayana, Om Namo Narayana, like that. And he had been instructed by Rustapurna, uh, who gave him this, uh, do not do that. He said, unless, he said, unless somebody is completely free from ego, and it's very pure, they can't receive this particular mantra. So, so don't share with anyone. So he was very upset when, when Ramanujacharya did this. Um, and so he was very upset about this. So Ramanujacharya's response was, well, you also said that by chanting this mantra, people can be liberated. And he said, because Nurse uh, Purna was saying, you, you'll go to hell for doing this. You can't share this with people that aren't pure. I have false ego. But we also said by chain is much to be liberated. So if they're liberated, I knew this when I when I when I did this. If they're liberated, then what's what's the significance of one one soul going to hell if everyone else is liberated? So most important understood his uh, his um, exalted position and he he uh, touched his lotus feet. Um, so this is just a one little story. If anybody else has any. To share. Yeah. I just I never heard that um, 
Can you give me a reference for the third initiation? I've never heard that before. Um, that's from actually that's from the uh, the end of the fourth canto. It's the same section. Where in Narada, the yeah. Okay. In the Bhagavatam. Um, Three different births. Okay. Yeah. Do you know where roughly? Um, it's somewhere around. It's the last last chapter in the in the, in the fourth canto. Where Narada is instructing the students. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere around the tenth, between the tenth and fifteenth verse. Somewhere in there. That's the Gayatri initiation? That's the third verse. Okay. Is that yeah. is that considered higher than the Harina? It allows you it allows you to actually directly worship the deity. So it is. It is um it is another benediction that allows you to get closer to Krishna. Okay. I'm just I'm a little confused because Gayatri is almost like it's almost commonplace in India, right? Like there's a lot of people chanting Gayatri, they're not necessarily Vaishnavas. Well it's kind of like Papa was talking about the cast of Brahmanas. Yeah. Do you want to say anything? Well about him chanting Hare Krishna too. <laughs> but they're not necessarily following it. Yeah. Yeah, I like I think I'd like to read that section before Okay. It's 851. I could try to find it, but maybe we can discuss more later. Thank you. 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 Thank you